This is Chris. And I'm Sam. And we're your co-hosts of the Creating Saints podcast. We are the parents of three kids living out our Catholic faith in the most chaotic and healthy way possible. to the fourth episode of the Creating Saints podcast. Um, today's topic is quarantine prayer life, and we have a special guest, and her name is Stephanie Luna, but we call her Luna. And maybe introduce yourself. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Uh, feel free to call me Luna. I know it gets a little confusing and hectic every time I introduce myself, but I like to make a joke of my name. I am a millennial, so like a lot of millennials, we like to make things a little complicated. So feel free to just call me Luna. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure what you want to know about me right now, but I was actually born and raised in the Los Angeles area. And then I moved to the Bay Area for school. Uh, I am a first-generation college graduate, so yay, a huge accomplishment in my family. But that's actually where I learned um, about my adult faith life. Um, I joined campus ministry there. Um, I know Christina has a a little bit of history with our uh, Cal State East Bay Catholic Club. So that's where I grew my faith. And um, I was president there for a couple years and I got to mentor um, some of the future leaders. And um, I was also mentored there. So I feel like I got a lot of my foundation from Catholic Club. So shout out to them. And I'm super excited to be here with you all. Yay. We're so (laughs) glad you could join us. And we can't go, we can't move on without name dropping Eunice. I think we're going to name drop Eunice. <laughs> That's every true. She's a huge yeah. part of the Catholic Club. Yeah, she's definitely my spiritual mentor. I'm um, not sure if I'll mention her in this, but you know, like we've all been saying, she most likely will show up in our, in our conversation. <laughs> yep. So the first question, Luna, is who is your favorite saint and why? Yeah, this was like one of my favorite questions, but uh, my favorite saint is St. Francis of Assisi. Um, Just a little bit, if you don't know anything about St. Francis of Assisi and why I really, really like him is his story. So he came from a middle-class merchant family. Uh, He was, you know, he had a lot of riches in his time and um, he ended up going into the military, joined the army. And when he was out in the, out in the battlefield, he actually got captured. And during that time, it's not really, I'm not sure if I, if I understand correctly or if it was just a rumor, but um, that was when he started having his conversion happening during that time, like his conversion story was happening. Um, so then he was released, he went back home and people thought that he got crazy, that the, the war just like got to him, which, you know, it's understandable, PTSD really happens. And, um, and during that time, I think that's where God came to him. And, um, and that's when he, he decided there, there's a very famous story about him being in the middle of a plaza. I think it's what it's called or a piazza, not really sure what it's called. And he just starts stripping his, his clothes away. He's stripping away and just like how symbolic that is just, you know, offering him all of himself to God and he tells his father, like, I'm giving you my, your name back because that no longer belongs to me. And so he ended up taking, I think his name, uh, he took the name Francis. I'm not 100% sure. But it was just a very beautiful way to really show that, you know, how faithful he was and how faithful he is. So, um, so yeah, so just his story about like wanting to just strip away his identity because that's no longer who he was. And I feel like I resonate a little bit with that. Um, just in my intro of telling you, my name is Luna. Like <laughs> my, I say my government name, my mother name is, uh, Stephanie, but I feel like I can't identify with that anymore. That's my childhood self. So into, um, getting to know who I am as an adult, I took on the name Luna so the same way that uh, St. Francis is, he just, you know, finally took the name that he felt God was calling him to. And so uh, 
for the rest of his life, he ended up dedicating that to the poor and marginalized. And so he, uh, he, he was actually going up to lepers and hugging them and getting to know who they were. And at the time, lepers were casted aside. They had to wear little bells to make sure that people knew that they were coming by so that they can run away. But uh, St. Francis, he, he welcomed them. He, op- like he uh, opened his arms and his, his life to them and just uh, make sure that he befriended them. Uh, but a little, uh, but I also did a volunteer year with the Franciscan sisters in Minnesota. So uh, I did do a volunteer year out of college uh, with the Franciscan community volunteers. So that's where I got to know more of his story and just what it means to be Franciscan and the Franciscan spirituality. So I like to tell people that my, um, my spirituality comes from um, Francis. <laughs> uh, and I actually am an associate of the um, uh, sisters in Little Falls, Minnesota. So it's very, they're really close to my heart. And I just really appreciated what they've taught me, which is uh, to live simply, to be in solidarity with those who are marginalized, and to care for creation. And creation means people and nature. So yeah, long story short, St. Francis of Assisi is my guy. <laughs> I mean, that's so amazing because I knew you before you left and I, and I remember you coming back and it's like this whole transformation of like, mm-hmm. not just like get conversion, but it's like conversion of like getting closer to God. Right. And so I was so excited when you came back to like hear <laughs> of your experiences. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like Luna's on fire. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm still processing from that year. That was, what, two, three years ago? Um, I've been out of college for three years now. So yeah, three years ago um, is when I did my volunteer year. And I feel like only now, since we've been in quarantine, that I feel like, oh, this is what I've learned from that volunteer year, which I will talk a little bit more as we continue our conversation. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that you said that you identify with Luna because... I did not even know you had a first name. I thought Luna was your name. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so what the next question is, and I don't know, maybe this might be easy for you after you spoke so uh, so well about Frank St. Francis of Assisi, is um, what what's your favorite Catholic quote, whether it's from a saint or just a scripture or anything that just really calls out to you? Yeah. Um, so this question was really hard for me because at the time I didn't identify with anything. Nothing was calling to me. You know, I did have a few songs in mind, but recently um, part of my job was to create reflection guides for um, for ordinary time. And um, the, the gospel reading that I was assigned to was uh, Matthew chapter 11. And so what really speaks out to me was the way that they ended Matthew chapter 11. Uh, So the first line is, come to me all who labor and are burdened. And then they finish the line or the verse with, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Yeah. And yeah. And so um, at the time I was just like, okay, what is a yoke? (laughs) Like, I hear this word a lot in the Bible, but no one like really took the time to to tell me what it was, or maybe they did tell me and I wasn't ready to listen. But in my research and what uh, a colleague of mine were talking about, uh, a yoke is the thing that uh, balances two oxen uh, when they're doing um, labor. So it's a tool that is used to balance people out or to balance the animals out. And so I had this like huge aha moment where I was like, oh my God, God is with me all the time and God balances these burdens with me. And I remember growing up with the judgment God. Uh, And this probably goes into the other question, but um, I grew up with a God that I needed to be careful with, um, a God who was going to punish me. And so the difference between like being in my childhood spirituality versus adult spirituality, I felt like I was just constantly following what mom and grandma were saying. But for my adulthood, it was like, Oh no, God wants a relationship with me. God wants to be my friend. 
And so this um, verse here in, in the, the way that they ended chapter 11, it's Jesus talking to his disciples. And so for Je- to hear that Jesus wants us to, to give all of our burden to him, it's like, oh, like I really am loved. Someone loves me so much that they want to hold on to my burden. And so I just, I really love that. And I just love the image of like, you know, two people holding like water buckets and one, one person being me like, oh man, this, like, if it's just me holding this water bucket, it's so heavy. But if I have someone helping me, then the, then it's equal. It's very balanced. And I just, I don't feel that discomfort anymore. So that's what really has been calling to me. Um, I feel like, you know, that's the gift of community. That's, um, that's what I feel like I've been given through my adulthood. Um, I've, I've been given this community to walk with me through my struggles and through those burdens. And that's so awesome. Cause like this particular episode is about like, how do we pray with others in community and like, it's just clearly so stated there in that passage that we're Mm -hmm. never really alone, even though we feel alone in our darkest moments that we're never truly alone. And that someone's always praying for us, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, people are thinking about us praying for us and then God walks the journey with us too. Right. Yeah. That's really a beautiful passage. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like what you said about that. God wants to have a relationship with us and not necessarily punish us. Uh, that's something I usually, growing up, I did not go by that. I was more uh, relating, you know, relating to you where right. I was always thinking that God's punishing me all the time and mm-hmm. causing me uh, causing me to suffer, um, you know, in different occasions, which is what led me to not want to continue with the Catholic mm-hmm. faith. Uh, and then you realize that, having a relationship with God and, and talking to God as if like, I'm talking my roots here, talking to God as if he's your homie, (laughs) you know, a friend, uh, someone you can relate to, someone you can, you can trust. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and because even though it's, even though it gets a little difficult trusting someone Mm -hmm. at the very least, you know, you can trust God. He's got everything already. (laughs) Amen. So on that note, um, the next question is, how has your culture influenced your faith journey? Yeah, so I felt like I resonated a lot with um, both Sam and Vivi um, in the previous episodes. Sam, you talked a lot about being a Latino American. And for me, like being Mexican American, going to church every Sunday was, you know, just as much as a tradition as, you know, anything else. So um, I went to church every Sunday and uh, we went to Spanish mass and <laughs> to be totally transparent, I am Mexican American and I, um, I sadly can't speak a lot of Spanish. Uh, I would like to work on my Spanish. So um, yeah, just to say I don't speak Spanish. So I don't know the, the um, prayers in Spanish. Um, and that's where I felt a lot of disconnect um, as I got older. Um, but yeah, so I went to Mass where Grandma was ministering to, and um, I just remember going to Mass every Sunday, and people were like, oh, you're you're so-and-so's daughter. Oh, you're so-and-so's granddaughter. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know what that means. This is cool. I have a bunch of strangers coming up to me. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, so as a, a Latina American, like, we identify a lot with Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, but again none of that really resonated with me because I just did whatever mom and dad told me to do. And, um, and to be totally vulnerable with everybody, um, there's this, uh, I remember just being part of the family. So my parents are divorced. They divorced um, when I was in college. I think it was in my second year of college, but um, right before their separation, we were going to mass every Sunday And I just remember like going late to mass, but, you know, also just having this tradition with my family to go to mass every Sunday and then go to grandma's house right after and just eat all of her food. And it was, it was all great and amazing. Um, But it wasn't until uh, my parents 
I started noticing like there was something happening between my parents um, when we stopped going to mass every Sunday. So um, I know I hear a lot about like, you know, uh, being a family is so important, especially in our faith. And at first I wasn't really understanding what that meant until, um, until I started exploring the faith myself and just how like, you know, seeing the two of you and how you're also trying to incorpor- incorporate your prayer life with your, with your children. Like, I think that's amazing. I, um, and this is where I resonate a lot with Vivi because my prayer life started with my parent or with my mom. Uh, coming into the room and she's saying, okay, we're going to pray before going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And yes. it wasn't, it wasn't like our father and it wasn't the Hail Mary. It was more of like, okay, um, who do we want to pray for today? And I remember just listing out every single person who I thought, who I saw that day. I'm like, okay, yeah. God, please protect, um, protect mom, protect dad, my sister, brother. And then I would ask if they could, if he could protect my, my dog. Um, so bear, and, um, I would say just protect them. Um, thank you for, I said, thank you for the house. Thank you for the food. Thank you for everything you've given me. Amen. And it just, it was every single night where we would do that. And I, I feel like that was like the most important thing that could, that they, or at least the most precious gift that they could have given me in my faith life. Um, and that's what you're giving to Vivi. So all to say, like, keep, keep, keep doing that tradition because she's most likely going to remember it. It just became a habit for me. So going into college, I was like, I want to be part of, I want to keep my faith, but I'm not sure how to do that. So I stuck to those prayers at night. I just remembered going through each of each person that I met that day, even if I remembered their name or not, I would just ask God to pray for, or to be with them. That's amazing that, you know, I always find it as a miracle to have the gift of faith because it doesn't come so easy for a lot of people and a lot of people struggle with having faith. And so it's amazing that you're able to recall those memories and like lean into that, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, especially when you're in a place that was foreign, like, you know, college, right? Like this is like a new place like new surroundings, but you know, you really stuck to it and just continued that ritual. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I hope like yeah. our kids will do that. Give it a few more years. You'll know. <laughs> we'll do like a follow-up like podcast episode where they're like 20 years from now. Like where are my kids? It <laughs> would be a great episode. I'd be tuning in. The next question we have here is how have you gotten closer to God during this quarantine life? Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, um, I'm not sure if I've gotten closer or if I've been maintaining the relationship that I've been growing with God. Um, because like I said, in, as a kid in my childhood, uh, learning about the faith was kind of just like, you know, go to church, go to grandma's house and that's it. And then in my adult life or adulthood, that's when I wanted to be a little more closer to God. So I feel like I've been, um, oh, again, to like mention the, uh, the volunteer year that I had with the Franciscans, I feel like, um, whatever I learned there. So it's really to take that step back and to lean into the emotions and lean into, um, all of the anxiety that I've been feeling. Um, I feel like I've been offering that up to God lately. Um, and that also ties in with the, the verse that I've been, um, talking about in in Matthew. So I just feel like I've been giving all of my worries and all of my anxieties to God. Um, do I feel closer to God? I feel like it's been pretty much the same. Um, I feel like I've, I've been, or God has been walking with me through this journey. Yeah. I think I would say, yeah, the relationship for me as well is the same. Um, I, but I do find myself praying more throughout the day just Mm -hmm. because like I have more opportunities to just pause and like, think about like, where am I grateful in my life and, Mm -hmm. um, giving thanks to God in just like random places, like walking to my next appointment or whatever and for work. 
Um, but yeah, like I, I wouldn't say like I'm getting closer necessarily as well, but just that I'm talking more. Yeah. I'm finding more times point. to talk more. So yeah, I definitely feel like I've been a little quieter. Uh, I am super extroverted. So I'm all about like talking with people. And um, I remember like the first couple weeks of going into quarantine, I found myself like trying to hurry up and fill up my calendar so that I can talk with people. And so that I can just like, you know, do something. And it probably wasn't until like the end of that first month of quarantine that I was like, wait, I'm already burning out. I'm getting tired. And a lot of my job um, is to talk to people. So I had to figure out a way to kind of just slow that role and be present. So yeah, you're right. I I definitely have found a lot more uh, moments of silence. And, you know, I feel like part of that volunteer year that I had was walking in that silence. And I remember um, in our chapel at our um, volunteer house, it it said um, on the wall, Um, be still and know that I am. Mm. And I I just remember like, like uh, kneeling and looking at that quote on the wall. And I was like, what does that mean? What do you mean to be still? I feel like I can't be still because there's just so much going on and there's so much that I want to do. And I find myself being like, being very much the same in this quarantine life. Like there's so much I want to do, but I find myself not doing it a hundred percent because I also want to be present to what I'm feeling and to what is happening right now. So I have been a little more quiet. So maybe that quiet is God's way of being with me. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's funny. You said like you were trying to like, you're, you're extra, you're trying to fill in your yeah. time. For me, it felt like I was, I actually stopped for a moment. I was like, wow, this is so peaceful. Like, uh-huh. I'm just at home and I'm being told to stay at home. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. We don't ever get to have that or at least not intentionally. We have to, you know, purposefully do that for ourselves. And that's why it's so important to go on retreat. I feel like we've been in a very, very long retreat at this point. <laughs> we need a retreat from the retreat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the next question is how, well, just to give some background, um, in our conversations outside of this podcast, I, you know, we even started a garden kind of at the same time. Um, so we've been gardening. I'm not as good at it, but maybe Luna, you could talk about how, um, gardening and how it's improved or influenced your prayer life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we definitely started the same day. So <laughs> Yeah, um, it was super cute. I saw um, Vivi and Vanessa, mostly Vivi. She was like super into um, planting the seed and everything. Um, But yeah, gardening has definitely improved my, um, or improved and influenced my prayer life. Um, Just the thought of, you know, putting a seed into soil and letting, and just watching that seed turn into this beautiful piece of creation I, I remember uh, being so frustrated that nothing was growing. It was just like all dirt. I remember Christina telling me that like she had a few sprouts and I was like, oh no, going into comparison mode. Like, oh, Christina's, <laughs> like Christina's plants are growing and mine aren't. And so uh, you were also asking me for advice at the time. And I was, re- I was uh, taking pictures and sending it to my family members too. And they kept asking me about like gardening tips and here I am, nothing is growing, but I'm giving the tips no matter what. Like, okay, I feel like a fraud at that point. Um, (laughs) And so I remember crying. I like, I spent a whole like afternoon just crying because I felt like I was such an imposter. Like that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And trust me, that is like showing up in a lot of places in my life. So again, to go into gardening and how that's influencing my prayer life, it, it's helping me. It's definitely, definitely helping me. But um, yeah, so I was crying that whole afternoon because I just felt like, you know, a fraud. I felt like people were coming to me for advice. 
And it's kind of like, uh, you know, giving someone love advice, but you're still single. <laughs> it was very much like that. And, um, and so I remember like calling my mom and telling her what was happening. And she told me like, you know what, you just need to talk to your plants. And I really, I was waiting for her to keep going. I was waiting for her to continue her advice, but she was like, yeah, I need you to go outside, talk to your plants, water them, but keep talking to them. And I was just like, mom, you're crazy. <laughs> but I just, uh, going, I, after hanging up on the phone with her, I went outside and I was watering the, the little seedlings or whatever, the dirt that was there. <laughs> and I started talking to them and I said, okay, little plants, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of any expectation that you're going to grow. If you want to grow, then you, you go ahead and grow. I'm just here to support you. And I kid you not, the next day, the next morning, I wake up and I checked on the plants. And sure enough, there was a sprout, <laughs> like <laughs> egg cartons. And I was just so like flustered. I, I like wanted to call my mom and tell her like it worked. But I just like, I was just trying to contain the excitement. And like, you know, it's just, it just felt very confusing. It was very bizarre. But that really just like translate into my everyday life. I always want to just hold on to that emotion or I just want to hold on to whatever that worry is for me. Um, but, you know, with all great spiritual mentors like Eunice, <laughs> she <laughs> also is someone who tells me that, you know, part of letting go is accepting. And I think when I was telling my plants or the seedlings, you know, I let go. I accept that if you want to grow, you can grow. Um, but I also accept that if you don't grow, it'll be okay. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Um, so I just really tried to take that um, with me. And I try to, um, you know, lower my expectations, make sure that I don't have like crazy um, standards or expectations of what's going on, especially during this quarantine life, like it's really hard to, to, you know, imagine that we're going to be out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like, you know, part of that letting go and letting God, like it, it's definitely helped me with my prayer life. That's so cool. Cause there's like, there's so many parallels here, right? There's like the mm -hmm. idea of letting go, not just with the plants, but just like our expectations of what daily life should be like, or what it looks like. And even like what our prayer life should look like and what it is and what it isn't. Um, I think in a previous episode, I talked about like having too many expectations of like, Oh, I'm not praying this rosary. And so I'm a bad Catholic, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's like being easy on ourselves and that like, yeah, letting go of the idea that I'm not going to get it right every single time, but to strive for, you know, to try to do better, but not mm -hmm. to like be hard on myself about, you know, Oh, I missed a Hail Mary in the decade. You know, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. And it's funny because we, we're, we're like stuck in this impatience mode where mm -hmm. yeah, I remember Gwen yesterday, we, we had fruit flies on our, on our pantry mm -hmm. with all our fruits. And, um, and Gwen set up this makeshift trap for the fruit fries. It was like with apple vinegar mm -hmm. and... I, I, I remember, all I remember is apple vinegar in, in the container and saran wrap on top. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me, she was like, I'm the worst person for this because I expected to get the fruit price right away. Mm -hmm. And on the instructions, it says, wait three to five days for <laughs> some, something to happen. <laughs> so we're, we're stuck with that. We're stuck with, you know, being impatient and, 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 Mm -hmm. It actually um, trickles on with when it comes to prayer or, or like when we pray and we expect it to like everything mm -hmm. to change and, and be better. Right. But in reality, we have to give it time. And, yeah. and sometimes we just have to just let things grow before we go ahead and, you know, and assume that it's going to be overnight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like Carlo, where he just started walking overnight. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he's really big. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then um, it, I remember I was on your Instagram and we were talking about taking out 
the carrots and they're oh. like baby carrots. And I was seeing the other comments like, oh my God, it's so cute and everything. And my response, I was like, oh, you murderer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. not letting it grow. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got impatient. And what worried me is because like reading the packages, it said, oh, it takes about a certain amount of days for it to harvest. But it's been like three months. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I think it's time to figure out what's going on. And um, that's part of, you know, that's part of growing. You got to make mistakes and you got to know like that your failures aren't what, that's not what's going to define you. And that's why I also um, included in the caption, like we have tons of other carrots, so it's okay. <laughs> like there's <laughs> a ton of other little carrots. Um, I did take a bite off of the one that I took a picture of and it tastes amazing. Wow. Uh, but that's part of the learning experience. Like we have to know that we're going to make mistakes um, as we go and it's going to be okay. But who said it's a mistake if it's got all the flavor? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point. <laughs> even if it's so small. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, I don't even know how small it is. Probably like three centimeters <laughs> small. That um, like? Just just for reference for like the podcast listeners, it's probably like what? The size of a fingernail? Yeah. Like probably the size of a fingernail. Right. <laughs> No, but that's cool. At least it has flavor. Yeah, it does. I mean, once you get to the very top, I know uh, my friend, she took a bite off of it. And she's like, it tastes like a leaf. And then I took the last bite and it tasted like carrot. So maybe, I guess it, it's about perspective, right? <laughs> I guess so. Um, but with your Instagram, like what was your inspiration for that? It, it's at harvest underscore Luna. Um, what was your inspiration for the Instagram account and what do you hope to promote? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I actually started this separate Instagram account from my personal account because I wanted a space to reflect. Um, and, um, part of, you know, uh, so part of my job within Marinol, we're talking about digital discipleship. And, um, I was like, okay, I want a space where I can reflect, like, that's where my identity is, but I also want it separate from my friends and family. So that actually was supposed to be a private account for just me, myself, and I, and, um, so I was posting about, red, huh? So that's no fun. I know, right? <laughs> it was only supposed to be fun for me. <laughs> and so I... I was posting a lot about um, my time in Minnesota. So I actually had this account for almost three years now. And um, most of my pictures were from Minnesota. But then as I started taking more and more photos and I was filling up my room with plants, it ended up becoming a plant page. And just, um, so I started off with a golden pothos. It's a type of plant. And uh, I had it for a little bit and it died. <laughs> so I was just really discouraged from like adding more plants into my room. And then that's when I started getting into succulents. And so the succulent was like my gateway. It was like my gateway drug where I was like, okay, give me more, give me more. These are like great plants to start off with. Um, they're really good if you neglect them. <laughs> and then that's when like, I started noticing that when I was sad, that I was paying more and more attention to my plants and I was giving them a little too much attention. So then I started getting succulents where they were dying. And I was like, oh my God, like this is not fun anymore. Like I'm just having a really hard time and I just want to make sure that like, that I can maintain plants. Um, so then I started documenting and uh, getting out of my comfort zone of succulents. And then I started going into um, different types of plants, indoor plants. Um, so I got into a spider plant. I have a snake plant now and a whole other like group of variety of plants. And when I was documenting everything, it just started becoming like this very spiritual, very like grounding uh, reflection for me. Um, knowing that when I started with the plant, it was like I, be I was in relationship with the plant. So um, one of the spider plants that I, I got, um, so it was actually, it came from a clipping that my friend gave me. And I had that one for only like a year and a half, maybe. 
And now it has babies. It's growing like two little babies. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, those are my plant babies. So it's just really um, just documenting the experience and the relationship that I have with these plants. I know it sounds like I'm a crazy plant lady, but I swear it's, it's, they're just like, it's like how St. Francis of Assisi, it's like brother, son, sister, moon, um, sister, mother earth. Like, I feel like I'm just now in relationship with creation. Not to say that I am the creator. I'm not the creator, but I am part of creation and I'm helping to build that creation. So, yeah, I totally resonate with that. Like be, the oneness of, <laughs> of the world and creation. And we've talked about that in marriage retreat too, just the oneness of, of everything. Yeah. Um, but that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so the next question that we have here is how, how have you connected with your faith community during this time? Yeah. So, um, like I said, in the beginning, I, um, have been part of campus ministry all of, um, throughout college. So there's probably, there's a good amount of us who are alumni now. And every Tuesday we actually meet through zoom and we do a lot of prayer, uh, or we, (laughs) we do a lot of check-in calls first. So our, our check-ins can range from like Korean drama to, what's going on in with the pandemic, you know, all of us are crying, but then there's a joke about Korean dramas. So it's just really like a safe space that we have with each other, um, a safe time that we have with each other. And especially during this time of the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of us have been hurt. A lot of us have been um, just really deeply, deeply hurt by what's going on in the world. Um, I know like for myself personally, like I've been triggered by what's been going on. Um, I am of a darker uh, Mexican skin tone. So when it comes to like thinking about like my dark skin, I know that it will never get to the point where I have to feel threatened about my life being taken away. And that's my own privilege. But that doesn't mean that like I don't feel what I feel so I've, I've really appreciated that time that I have with my community. Uh, we're able to speak honestly. We're able to, um, you know, say what we need to say. Um, even if it's uh, silly Korean dramas, it's not that silly to us. It's serious. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's just a really beautiful time that we've been able to spend together. Um, again, to, to touch on the Black Lives Matter movement, I... Um, I remember like that whole week and that whole weekend, I was just like dragging. I, I felt like, um, like, I felt like I was holding my own breath for a long time. And, um, and I just felt like very much, or or, yeah, I just felt like I, I, there was nothing that I could do to feel better, but it wasn't until that I had that time with my community. It was like day and night. The next morning I felt okay. I wasn't a hundred percent, but I felt like I was able to function and I was able to go and, you know, take care of what I needed to take care of that whole day. So, um, all to say that community is so important and especially during this time, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that time and that space and those friendships. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's good that you mentioned, uh, during every gathering we do that we did it with young adults it's like first thing we do is we do a Mm check-in and believe it or not for our listeners when you do a check-in it means a million bucks because it allows you to to speak Mm -hmm. about what you're going through in a very trusting uh, place and um and, and and it really gives that opportunity for your friend or or not even a friend, because sometimes it's someone that's new, get to know you and get to understand what you're going through and understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, whether if it's during that week or whether if it's just, this is like something that built up for years and now you're able to talk about it in a safe space. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit about Mary Noel. Um, <laughs> Going back to that, what do you do for Mary for Mary Noel? 
Yes. So I am an employee with uh, Marino Fathers and Brothers. I'm through the center, or sorry, for the church engagement division. And what uh, my job title is a mission educator promoter. So I help people to discern their call to mission uh, through faith formation programs. Um, and my primary ministries are with teachers and catechists and with young adults. So that's either through like a diocesan level, um, parish level, or just like individual faith formation. Um, and when I say mission, what I mean is like, how are people putting their faith into action? How is God calling us to be actively present in and outside of our own communities? So the marital charism, we, we, really, uh, we really challenge people and we tell people to get out of their comfort zone to go uh, to the periphery, to go out, just right outside of that comfort zone, because we're not going to learn if we're with people who we know. So it goes back to uh, St. Francis of Assisi. He dedicated his life to be with those who were marginalized in his time. And for those people, it was the lepers. So to think about it in Marinol, who are the lepers of today? And that could be our, um, our Black brothers and sisters. That could be um, those living in poverty. And just like those who are living with addiction. And why aren't we going to those people? Why aren't we going to meet them where they are? Because if we're not doing that, then how are we supposed to call ourselves church? Because, you know, uh, we talk about, um, you know, church being one body, the Eucharist is one body. Um, but if we are one body, but there's like a part of our body that's not not here, then how can we call ourselves whole? So, um, yeah, so the marital charism is really about shedding light to the darkness. Like we have to hold each other in, in love and to, in, mm-hmm. and, and live in the light. Um, yeah. and to remind each other that like the darkness isn't the end of the story. Like there's mm-hmm. always the rec- resurrection story, you know, like there's mm-hmm. always life after. Right. That's beautifully put. Thank you. So as, as Luna was mentioning about Marino that you do have an Instagram account, right? Is it Instagram and Facebook or just Instagram? We have Instagram and Facebook. I'm not sure if you guys do any links or on, on captions or anything, but I know for uh, Instagram, we are at marinol.ya. I can add it on the show notes so people can uh, link to it. Sounds great. And then we'll put it on our Instagram or social media platforms. So that way, you know, people can have an easier way to get to you guys and get to know what you do on an everyday basis. Right. Yeah. And we always post all of our events. We do run immersion programs. So what I mentioned about stepping out of the comfort zone, we offer these immersion programs where you can do a mission globally. So you can go um, internationally or you can do it here locally. So I run, uh, during the summertime, I I run a Bay Area immersion program. And what that means is I I take people to the places where it's not very touristy. So Mm -hmm. I I go to like the Tenderloin, which is notoriously known for where all of um, the the homeless uh, population is. Um, I would like to start um, creating an awareness to the LGBTQ community that's out here in the Bay Area. So that's um, in the planning stages, but for sure, look at our um, at our social media for any updates on there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Luna, for being a guest on our podcast. <laughs> thank you. It was super helpful. Just I've learned a lot from you and I don't know, you've, you've opened my eyes to just a lot of things that I don't see in my own faith life and just a different perspective and it's super fresh and, and refreshing too. So thank you. Thank you. Well, we're so grateful that Luna has been able to join us for this episode and be interviewed and to have the opportunity to talk about God and gardening and intentionality. So we're at the part of our podcast where we get to talk about 
our tips um, on how to foster um, your spirituality during this quarantine lifetime. So with our first step, our first uh, tip, sorry, with our first tip would be go on a retreat, whether it's virtually via Zoom or take a hike or go somewhere where you have time and space to reflect on your relationship with God. Uh, I'd, I'd be the first to tell you that retreats are, are a must for, for us especially because it, it, it gives us the opportunity to re- refresh and restart and reevaluate what we've been going through. Um, kind of just slow time or s- slow things down a little bit just so we can, we can have a better perspective in life when it comes to our faith. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, retreat is literally retreating from the world. You're taking a step back so that, um, you know, you could have um, that yearning and deep connection with our Lord. Um, Jesus himself went on retreat in the desert for 40 days. And believe it or not, there are retreats that, that are 40 days long. Um, it's quite a long time and I don't know how working people are able to do those kinds of retreats, but if you're able to do something like that, that's amazing. Um, but that's not to say that, um, you know, you can't, you could also do a day retreat or, um, you know, a weekend retreat that's more feasible for, for people. The next tip is to create normalcy in your schedules and intention, intentionally make time for hobbies or activities. Let me say that again. Create normalcy in your schedules and intentionally make time for hobbies or activities. So one of my um, hobbies that I took on um, during this quarantine life was um, trying to find more time to cook. Um, I find that I like, I I do enjoy cooking and I, I think that part of it is, you know, taking care of my family in that way, feeding them and making sure they're nurtured and nourished. Um, but I, I, I really enjoy cooking. And so um, our room, our housemates, you know, I know they like to cook too, but I sometimes try to like make an excuse to like want to cook because I do like to cook. So intentionally making time um, to do those activities and hobbies because I want to serve our family, our house, our household in that way. And you made some amazing steak last night for dinner and like I must say I love it when you cook it's I I, I affirm that prayer <laughs> <laughs> um but also the normalcy too right like um you know I have to work 40 hours a week and my kids um well they just finished school but um they had a a daily schedule of school activities that they also needed to do. And even now that the summer, summer schedule has started, um, we're making time for prayer every morning together. Um, when, when the girls wake up and, um, having some, um, some time to not only just pray, but also do other activities to learn and grow. So one of those activities is, is Vanessa wants to learn how to speak Spanish so I'm having them learn Spanish vocabulary um, and things like that. But like I said, it comes with a schedule and there's a routine to everything and creating space and time for those activities. And just to add on a little bit to that, like, yes, you said, you, which is what's our actual next step to find time for regular prayer during your day. Um, but during those regular prayers, remember to pray for what's going on today with the whole Black Lives Matter movement and and then also COVID-19. Let's not forget about COVID-19. It seems like we can only, you know, we, our mental capacity can only handle one or the other. And it's just two extremes, right? Um, let's just not forget to, to take that opportunity to pray for, for th- those situations. Yeah. Um, so also remember to disconnect from devices and social media and to connect to what is happening in your present moment. I have a difficult time with this, so don't be afraid to feel that this is hard. This is hard. Um, I have a, a gimmick, (laughs) 
um, for baseball. And it was, I had the mentality where I couldn't stay away from social media because I felt like I needed to do something to be able to attract my fans or my followers. Um, but in reality, we you got to really think about yourself. You got to think about how to take care of yourself in, in being able to disconnect and just take that opportunity to be with nature, opportunity to be with God and and just embrace that feeling because that, it's just kind of like a retreat. It's, it's a small opportunity to refresh in that moment. Side note, um, I know we're doing this podcast as Catholics, but Sam is also a social media influencer for the Oakland Athletics. And um, he has this whole persona on social media. Um, but we could talk about that in another episode because it's like part of our life too, but mm-hmm. in a different way. Yeah. So yeah, the next one, uh, next tip is to reflect on how you can continue to minister to others while still maintaining the social distancing guidelines. Like for example, you're calling your friends and following up on their prayer intentions and um, letting them know that you're praying for them. Um, sometimes in this quarantine time, I've been, um, you know, randomly texting people and saying, I'm praying for you or um, calling people and, you know, asking, um, do you have something that I, uh, something you would want me to pray for? Um, and just asking how I can support you as a friend um, or as a family member um, and letting them know that, you know, we're thinking of, of, of them. It seems like you're doing two steps at a time because you talk it on the uh, next one where just find ways to connect with your faith community. It's just just echoing what Christina just said. Just find that time. Find that time to be able to connect with others because me as a, a person that has mental illness, sometimes it's a little difficult to cope with what's going on in life. Um, so, you know, even like... For those who don't have that opportunity to do gardening like Luna has, um, it's it, sometimes you can get in that dark place. And being able to connect with others, find a community, find uh, you know your 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 fellow Catholics, young adults, you know whatever, to just talk. You know, we us as human beings, we were created to socialize to be able to be there for one another and being able to take care of one another. And sometimes just talking is just enough to take care of your fellow Catholic. Yeah, and also just to add, um, when Shelter in Place happened, um, our ministry team still maintained connection and contact with each other through Zoom meetings at our usual mass time, which is 7 p.m., so we continued to meet and we continued to check in with each other and pray for each other, um, just like any other week if shelter in place wasn't happening. So it's also including that normalcy and um, routine. Also, just to add, um, you know, talking about disconnecting from devices and social media, we did mention that Luna has her um, social media accounts that you can follow and also the Marinol um, account that you can follow on Instagram. Um, but that's that's not to say that, um, you know, it's good to see those positive messages and it's really amazing to see that encouragement from people on social media. But it's also um, important to remember, like, you know, to check, check in with yourself too and to um, find that time to connect with God as well. I remember I gave social media for Lent and I did, I couldn't believe it, but I'd say probably maybe two weeks in, and I felt good. I felt good not having to, you know, go into my phone and first thing I had to do out of habit, go on Instagram or go on Facebook just to see what's going on, more negativity that's going on in life, <laughs> people complaining or whatever it may be. Um, and it felt good. It felt good to just disconnect. And it, it was a little difficult because Christina was on social media and she would show me like hey look and it just defeats the whole purpose so i'd get a little upset but everything aside it felt good just give it some time you know at the beginning is always a struggle just allow it give yourself patience kind of like you know we're talking with luna 
you got to give it patience. Everything mm. needs time to grow. Right. And lastly, the last tip is to consider looking into hobbies or activities that promote the idea of nurturing and fostering growth. So some examples is, you know, Luna talked a lot about gardening and that idea of nurturing plants and creation and being part of God's creation, experimenting with art and kind of exploring your artistic expression through paint or drawing or sketching and um or sometimes it's arts and crafts and creating like a um you know a sculpture through through clay um also spending time in nature just the other day Sam and I took a hike um at our nearby regional park and it was so refreshing to just be out in nature to connect and to hear um God through the the animals that are around you that that you hear God through the wind and the cool breeze on your face and just feeling God's presence all around you and it, it's it's a um i would say grounding time you know to be connected with God um and then i was also normalizing that for our son who was with us on that hike and just kind of saying look do you hear God in the wind do you hear God in the birds. I hear God in the rustling of the leaves um, and telling stories through that way. And it seemed like he was extra tired because he did all the walking, apparently. Um, actually, he was just being carried the whole time, but he always requests for water, like if he was <laughs> walking just as much as us. It's ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the next tip is, if well, it's part of the, the hobbies and activities tip, but... If you have kids, um, finding time to be present with them and asking how do they understand being fully present because that's kind of a concept that's a little bit hard to grasp for some people about being really intentional and present with another person in front of you. Um, and then crocheting or knitting, if you know how to do either of those, um, you get to see your journey and you foster this um, idea of, of growth Um through through knitting spending time with pets if you have pets you know maybe teach them a new trick or just talking to them just kind of like how luna talks to 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 the plant babies and then cooking and feeding people um i know it's important to nourish ourselves but also how are we nourishing others and kind of talking about um spiritually feeding and physically nourishing other people in our lives and last but, not, last but not least, self-care. So what does your self-care practice look like? Um, for me, it's sleeping and um, spending time at the beach if, I, if I'm able to or being out in nature, um, going on hikes and um, disconnecting from social media because uh, as much as positivity there is in social media, there's a lot of toxic, um, negative messages that you can see as well so just almost almost like genesis (laughs) yeah um but yeah finding your self-care practice and um holding on to that especially when um you know quarantine life uh it, it, it can feel restricting and limiting so our closing transition question would be how have you fostered relationships with your parents or family during quarantine? Um, well, for me, I feel like um, I've fostered relationships with my parents by having them over for dinner. I think it's really nice to see them. Um, you know, table ministry is a really big thing for me. I think feeding others and having conversations with others over food, um, it's important for me. And I think that's been helpful for me as well to have my parents over. And um, yeah, and just kind of encouraging them um, to be leaders of in, in their faith and to, to be supportive of their work in leadership. And um, yeah, being present. Go ahead. Uh, for me, I, I mean, I would admit, I haven't really been having a... A strong connection with my family. I actually have been having a strong connection with close friends. Uh, like for example, on Saturday we had a movie, a movie night with 
a friend of ours, we invited him over and we watched uh, Silence of the Lambs. Obviously, it's not the greatest... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Catholic movie, but the idea of having friends over to be able to sit down and and still follow the COVID regulations. So we had a, what we'd call a walk-in cinema instead of a drive-in <laughs> cinema. So uh, yeah, we, we had the projector outside and we just enjoyed it. And it was just a good opportunity to be together because uh, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes connecting with our friends um, and our family, it's, it's what we need. Well, thank you all for joining us. This is episode four, and um, we hope that you continue to listen in and tune in to um, our podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you're always up to date with our new episodes and follow us, if you can, uh, follow us on Instagram and uh, Facebook. If you listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you like to call it, please take the time to rate us and it gives us inspiration to do more and provide more for you (laughs) so please yeah you know take the time to please rate us and um subscribe when you get the chance the creating saints podcast was produced by gwen ramos our theme song is written and performed by bj chanko and special thanks to Zet Malong, who helped with our logo and photography. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Creating Saints. Have a good day! Mm-hmm.